what's the most overrated luxury brand? They used to wear it. It used to be Gucci. Gucci. Okay, fair enough. Anything else? Probably LEs. Okay, okay. Uh, Adidas. Air Max 270. Oh, fair enough. I like it. Okay, okay. Stussy. Oh, oh yeah, stash house. Oh, stash house. Oh yeah. Oh, Charlestown. Okay, oh, bit of bit of local. Going hate. local. <laughs> or Adidas. Adidas. Yeah, I don't I like, like Adidas. I don't like Nike. Cheap. Okay, okay, fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, it just reminds me of like Roblox or something. Roblox. <laughs> 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 yeah. yeah. That's so funny. <laughs> like all the Roblox avatars are wearing. Yeah, right. Okay, yeah. if you could, if you could have all the money in the world or all the power, what would you have? I'll own a whole country. Ho- own up which country? Which country do you want? Uh, let's say. India. I just want to travel the world in a van. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Where would you start? Where's the first place? Um, Probably up Gold Coast Way. Okay, fair enough. All right, what, what's the best way to make money? What's the best job ever? Drop shipping. In the mines? Mines, yeah. The okay, mines, somewhere, okay yeah. fair enough. Any any other responses? Don't work with Maccas. Uh, doing a Sparky. Sparky? Yeah, yeah I like it. Fair enough. Carpentry. Carpentry. What about anyone else? Uh, catch chickens. Maybe going in Boilermaker. Oh, Boilermaker. Uh, okay, yeah, I like yeah. it. I like it. Okay, yeah, yeah, fair yeah, enough. Like sell drugs. Please. Sell drugs. What kind of drugs? Anything. Anything. <laughs> big, I think he means like big pharma, you know, like, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah prescription like, pills. COVID vaccines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. COVID Co- vaccines, yeah. <laughs> I want to own my own houses and stuff. Like okay, that. rent them out, rent them out your own stuff. Yeah. I do real estate, so a bit yeah. of business for you. Selling houses? Uh, not not yet. Not Only yet. holiday rentals holiday and rentals? permanent rentals. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. Have you ever wanted to have some great business ideas but yes. you didn't know where to start? Right, every Or do you day. think about your existential demise as we explore the thoughts of the future or just get back to some classic basic finance? <laughs> we have got the show for you this week. Wow. Welcome to HQLA episode 28. Boom! What's been happening? Well, we are currently, um, we've got our website up and running, hqla.com.au. <laughs> we did. Um, and when we say up and running, we just mean that search engines can now actually see it. Yeah, so we were <laughs> up and running, and now we're even more up and running. Let's say that. So go check us out if you're, you want a bit of additional content. Um, yeah. You know, There's some articles us. up there. We, we like to put relevant articles, things yeah. that people have been looking into, things that might be interesting to you. So uh, get on there and have a look couple of articles That's right. um what else these episodes on? are on there they'll link you to youtube you can watch them locally on the site whatever you want do whatever you want this may be the last ever episode of us in newcastle whilst we are both residents of newcastle and so this is a significant moment and uh for that reason this is a significant view potentially the best view in newcastle and why uh why would that be the last yeah um, it's one? a good question uh the inevitable question and the answer really is because uh i am moving to melbourne in two weeks and isaac is considering the same and so uh there's a chance that by the end of this year your boys are living in melbourne yeah we will see hey and we'll uh see. all right so what else is going on there's a bit of an event going on behind yeah that's right if you can see behind us and you might see some of the b-roll uh we do have some sort of surfing festival going on behind us i'm unsure as to the exact festival i don't know if it's surf fest usually surf fest is at a different beach so i don't know what this is but it looks pretty significant there seems to be some cameras and some proper infrastructure there yeah we don't really know that's not really isaac and i's speciality to be honest (laughs) well you love surfing nathan i do like surfing but i don't watch sports okay fair enough just as a general rule fair enough general rule for life (laughs) yeah don't watch them yeah. Uh, so I thought we could um, crack into a bit of a few of the things that have been going on. Yeah, what's been going on? A few of the things are, are pretty relevant. 
Um, so the first one is about... <laughs> Can I make mention of one thing? Okay. Just, you know how sometimes like there's an obvious elephant in the room and if you don't address it, people are just focused on that. Uh, I think the obvious element is the table. I'm just assuming people might be looking at it. No, no, they this can't is a tell. product of how difficult it was to get to this location. Yeah. We have trampled through the forest <laughs> to get to this location to be with you here today. And so I just wanted to point that out just in case anyone's wondering what's going on. Uh, and budgets are tight. You know, it's a recession. So this is what we're dealing with. <laughs> That's it. And speaking of recessions. Yeah. So the, uh, the UK Central Bank has announced that it's considering launching the Central Bank Digital Currency or CB. DC. So this is really interesting. It is interesting. So this is essentially the Bank of England backed stable coin okay. that would be pegged to the pound. So okay. um, I think one of the key differences between this and um, and Luna, for example, <laughs> which um, which we saw having a massive crash last yeah, so year. Yes, it wasn't great success. Yeah. So one of the main differences would probably be that you would hope the Bank of England can hold its own against mass selling. Yeah. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. And so, uh, I mean... True. I assume it's probably not too different to forex trading on the internet anyway, with the pound anyway. So. I'm not aware of any stable coins that are um, linked to the UK pound. Like a lot of them are linked to the US dollar, right? Yeah. Well, oh. here's the um, okay. So the Chinese are currently testing the digital yuan yes. in um, major cities like Beijing and Shanghai. Yep. Uh, and so they seem to be leaving leading the uh, world on government-backed crypto projects. Okay. So it's a very interesting, interesting. Um, watch the space. Interesting subject. Can anyone um, buy it? No, well, it's not launched yet, so it's okay. a it's in prototype sort okay, of thing. Okay, okay, okay. Um, but the idea will be they'll have more control over the um, over the central bank rate and all that stuff, yep. and uh, and you know they'll be able to okay. kind of have more traceability of where um, money's being used yep. because uh, it'll be easier to follow. So criminal activities, you know, yeah, don't do them in the UK. Um, well, don't do them in general. It's probably. Our recommendation. Yeah. Although one of my Bitcoin. lawyer friends once told me that it's not illegal unless you get caught. So <laughs> now I'm in two minds about this. It's true. Um, that's along with most things, I guess. Um, it's not advice, by the way. So it's not legal advice. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Or financial advice. Uh, we've got <laughs> yeah, true. We've got uh, we've got 31 Abrams tanks um, that are being deployed to Ukraine. Uh, so that's alongside German-made Leopard tanks. I feel like I understood two of those words of what you just said. So. The uh, the support's been like added to like it's added up to twenty one billion from the US, right? Oh, twenty one billion and, um, of proceeds from the US to the Ukraine. Yeah, to Ukraine for their war. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I feel like this is one of the situations okay. where there's a huge amount of support given. Yep. yep. Uh, and then later on, the US, for example, calls back, uh, calls in their debt, says, uh, yeah. "Oh, this wasn't this wasn't aid. This was, you know, it was actually a debt. This was a deal." Yep. Um, and so it could end up like one of those other international campaigns, but yep. hopefully it's not. Uh, yeah, the um, the Abrams tanks are pretty impressive. They're uh, I think they're over ten million dollars each too. So wow, it's, um, okay. should be should be a huge spend. Shout out to the book um, Financial Hitman, I think it's called, um, which talks a little bit about some of that stuff with government debt. It's interesting. Yeah, I thought you might find that interesting. Yeah, it's good. Um, the uh, oh, and here we go. I'll need to I'll need to have a little in place reminder here to remind everyone that we're still a finance podcast. Um, yes, Economic Hitman. And, sorry, it's uh, another book. Sorry, economic Hitman. Economic yeah, Hitman. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so, you know, what come next? What comes next might be um, a little bit drier, but here we go. Got to got to get the finance <laughs> okay. out of the way for well, the. Uh... You've really made me excited for whatever's coming next. Oh no, no, it's, <laughs> okay. it's good, it's good, it's good. Okay, great. Um, all right, so it's the best month for the Nasdaq that we've seen since two thousand and one. Right, that's which, great um, news. Which is really interesting. That's fantastic so, news. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, so we've great seen great months in two thousand and one. Yeah, so it's the best month for the Nasdaq uh, since two thousand and one. Really? So we've seen an eleven point five. Um, percent gain in the uh, index for wow. the first month of 2023. Okay. Um, 
and that's alongside Jerome Powell, chairman of the Money Printing Factory and yep. the Federal Reserve. Yeah. Um, has he has said that the end rates are five point one to five point four percent by the end of the year. Yep. Uh, and so where are we now? What's happened is well, it's it's currently at four point five percent. Okay. And what's happened to now is that the market's simply not believing yep. the um the rate. So they've priced in a two percent probability for that rate actually to hit. Yep. Um, and that's uh, currently with our RBA rate sitting at three point one percent as well. Gotcha. So. Since we last talked, yes. um, it looks like Microsoft have bought a $10 billion stake in OpenAI. Yep. Uh, and so that goes along with their billion-dollar original deal. Yep. And it's a bit of a confusing one because it, some sources say that it's basically a loan yep. um, and they pay out so a percentage of revenue yes. uh, towards that loan. Interesting. Um, and some of it has said that it's all it's all equity and Microsoft owns 49%. And, oh, you know, so okay. It's one of those. But that um, either way, that'll go towards... A portion uh, of owning OpenAI, which yep. is alongside Elon Musk, Peter Thiel, yep. Reid Hoffman, Y Combinator, Andreessen Horowitz, Tiger Global, and AWS. Wow. So all of those have a stake in uh, OpenAI. So that'll be really interesting. Yeah, all the big boys. Uh, yeah, and that's um, that's what's been going on this week. Okay, thank you very much. I love it. Well, that's very interesting to hear. Uh, it's it's good to know what's happening. Open. Open AI, chat GPT, certainly changing uh, lives a little bit. Uh, I had a uni lecture and I've uh, got some exams coming up for uh, my degree and uh, all the uh, old law lectures, lecturers are trying to describe why it's not appropriate to use during online exams and stuff like that. It's always interesting hearing them talk about technology. Now, the uh, company that I want to talk about, and it's been a while since I've spoken about a company, is uh, pretty prolific in the space of which they're in. And uh, the company is called Stripe. Ah, this is a good one. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think it is a good one. Yeah. Uh, Interesting company. Uh, It's one of these companies that has their fingers in most things uh, commercially. Uh, But I guess if this space is not interesting to you, sort of the the startup finance space might not necessarily be something that you're aware of. So, you know, there was a lot of talk about Stripe going public. One of the interesting anecdotal sort of uh, recent experiences with a friend of ours uh, was kind of thinking that he might be able to get like a, uh, like an early uh, buy-in for like an IPO and it turned out to be a scam. And so like, uh, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of different sources saying a lot of different things about whether or not they would go public. And probably they would have by now, maybe, had the market not have gone into a relatively serious recession. Um, but they are still a, a private company. So did you know it was started by two brothers? I didn't know. Yeah, started by two brothers, uh, 17 and 19 when they first started it. And uh, one, both of them uh, went to MIT. Uh, although, interestingly enough for Dave, who's our editor, who is an Irish man, uh, these two uh, founders are from Ireland, is my understanding. And so shout out to our Irish um, startup geniuses. Uh, one of them at MIT uh, studied uh, electrical engineering and computer science, which seems relevant. Makes sense, yeah. And uh, the other studied physics, uh, which is interesting. And so uh, I wrote a few things down about them. So the names uh, of those guys are John and Patrick Collison. Uh, I believe Patrick, I could be wrong, but I believe Patrick is is still currently the CEO. And uh, so some interesting things. So for those who aren't aware, Stripe, it, their focus is basically to simplify the payment processing uh, of transactions for businesses predominantly online. So this is the sort of transformation that we saw 
online when it went from originally having to use these clunky systems of inputting your card information, getting a million verifications. It might be uh, a bank's uh, system or whatever it was previously to now these really sleek streamlined systems of quickly uh, verifying you know, your identity as a person, as a non-fraudulent transaction, and then making whatever purchases you want to make. And I'll talk a little bit about how they do that um, sort of uh, surface level. So previously, this industry was very much dominated by a few major players, and then, but mostly being banks and financial services uh, companies. And the process, the, the interesting thing here is really the customers of Stripe are not consumers, obviously. The customers are the businesses, right? And so uh, when we talk about making payments processes simple, yes, we do mean simple for the consumer, but really what they mean is simple for businesses to integrate into their platform. Yeah, because they want to put they want to put the code into their exactly. payments and they want to have a, exactly. yeah, something that just collects payments easily. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, you know, you've had a bit of experience in this world now. And one of the things, you know, the, the fir- one of the first things you know about Stripe is that they're famous for this just very simple couple of line code that allows you to input uh, or allows you to have like sort of a plugin that allows you to uh, take payment processing on your website or whatever you're building. So um, it's kind of interesting. So uh, they offer a few other products now, uh, sort of ancillary to that, which is, you know, they can do multiple currencies. Uh, they can do reoccurring payments, subscriptions, which I think is important a lot nowadays. Uh, and they also do uh, some integrations with physical card readers in brick and mortar stores. Um, originally, Originally, it was called Dev slash Payments. Uh, I assume that's sort of when it was sort of in the garage stage of when it was being yeah, built. Yeah, yeah. And so, the, much better name now. Well, the question begs, or the the question begging to be asked is, well, why Stripe? Any any uh, guesses? My guess. What does would it make be, you think when you think of Stripe? I think of like the. I think of strip on the back of the credit card. And so that's correct. What, that's that was the initial I... reference point. That's actually exactly what the, oh, yeah. Okay. Well, but, all right. I didn't mean to guess it. Exactly. No, so that's exactly right. So the yeah, reference okay. was stripes or the stripe on the back of the credit card. Yeah. Okay. But what are the feelings that you, that are evoked when you think of the word stripe? Mm, I think of like a, maybe a race car. Okay. And yeah. what, 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 what's, what's some attributes of a race car? Mm, fast, fast, yeah, fast, quick, okay. uh, um, quick. efficient, efficient, you know, very um, good, streamlined, uses a lot of fuel. <laughs> Straight, exactly right. So <laughs> that's exactly what they wanted. So there was this concept of it, uh, sort of having a, a a nod to the previous generation of credit cards, and it was also invoking feelings of streamlined, straightforward, as you said, efficient, quick, all those things. So yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, so the founders, so it was founded in 2010, as I said, Patrick and John, uh, they were, they went to MIT, uh, they've been featured in the 30 under 30 on Forbes list. And, uh, at this point they're, they're now, as I said, they're originally from Ireland, but it's now obviously headquartered in San Francisco and there's more than, uh, 8,000 employees. So it's, it's a pretty big operation. Um, so really what's the specific value proposition? As I sort of said, uh, it's twofold. It's easy integration for the business. So if they're uh, creating a website and they've got their developer working on that, uh, they're able to easily integrate that in uh, using basic, uh, you know, coding. Uh, Clearly, I know a lot about that stuff. (laughs) (laughs) But more importantly, or maybe as importantly, is the interface that comes alongside it. So it gives them a bunch of really uh, usable dashboard information. And so some of that is things like... um, you know, and it can be accessed from any device, 
phone, anything that has internet uh, for these business owners. Things like number of transactions, uh, quantity or amount of, of processed transactions within a period, uh, things about managed minimum subscriptions. So Are we talking about the data collection side for the business owner? The business user? owner, exactly yeah, right. Yeah. So it's, it's what that's does great. it provide them as a dashboard or as a, as a database? Uh, reoccurring payment information. So that's gathering information on all of these people, whether it's email addresses or phone numbers and creating a database for all of that stuff, um, which I think is as valuable as the original integration process. On top of that, it provides uh, quite a robust and secure um, payments method. And I'll talk a little bit about how it uses AI technology to do that just very briefly. Um, we love AI. We do. So <laughs> I noticed, so I listened to Lex Friedman a, a little bit as much as I can, very long form podcast. So it's difficult sometimes to keep up. Um, and uh, it's interesting. Some people talk about ML or AI basically means the same thing, machine learning uh, or I don't know, artificial intelligence. Um, I don't really know if there's actually an official difference, but it seems like it's interchangeable. Um, so basically, uh, they profess to, and I suppose Combank maybe would have similar things. They profess to have specific algorithms that detect fraud in real time. Not that that's where I work or anything. No, no, no. But you know, <laughs> you're a customer, aren't you? Yeah, I'm a customer. Yeah, that's what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so uh, they have this um, uh, machine learning algorithms that can detect fraud in a real time, apparently. Mm. So and, if I can interject yeah, there, please, PayPal please. had a huge issue with fraud originally because they were making ah. a small percentage of money off each transaction. Yes. And that was fantastic. Similar, similar, very similar. But as soon as a fraud charge came up, so yeah. let's say they they process 700 transactions okay. and they take 1% of that, right? Yep. As soon as there's a $70 fraud, um, all of that all of that gain yes. from that 700 transactions is wiped out because yes. they made $70 from okay, 700 that, transactions. Okay, okay, okay. Um, and so like they, I mean, that would, that would be 10%, but um, the, they were making huge losses on yes. each one. And because in every, of the fraud. And in every thousand transactions, you know, there's going to be, yeah, right. you know, some, uh, maybe a fraud, one fraudulent. Because the expectation is they have to pay the business owner back for the fraud. Yeah. Well, the expectation is that they're trying to build a service that people want to use. Yeah. And if there's fraud, yep. I mean, and probably there's probably some kind of licensing around it as well and, and yep. regulation that they have to pay back. Yep. But they have to cover that while they claim it or yep. they have to cover that yep. while they, um, or, and, not, and not actually get anything back for it. Okay. So they were actually losing heaps of money for um, fraudulent transactions. Okay. So they had to think of a solution to that as well. So okay, well, obviously, yeah, it's something that everyone's Obviously it's important. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, as you say, so they use machine learning uh, and some of the ways they do that, some examples of methods used to detect fraud in real time. Uh, simple things that you'd expect. So obviously transaction amount, location, uh, and product type. So a question that uh, will be asked in real time is, does the transaction deviate from a normal uh, purchasing pattern? Um, you know, e.g., is it a large purchase from an unusual location? Uh, another one which is interesting is uh, obviously it can also uh, when you're using Stripe across multiple platforms, it's aware of cards being used on multiple purchases across different platforms. And so the question that it can ask is, well, is there a drastic change in the particular custom customer spending habits across platforms? Or is there a history of fraud connected that they're aware of to this particular account? And that's particularly helpful when they have such a large market share of payment processes online. So they've obviously got a good purview of what's actually going on there in that view. Um, the other, the other way they use um, AI technology is customer insights on that dashboard that I was talking about. Um, so they can also provide 
their business owners uh, with customer uh, analysis and insights into their behavior and their preferences. So they, you know, they know what products they're buying. They know uh, the frequency of purchase. They know the time of day that they're purchasing. Uh, and they can also identify common complaints. Uh, so they can uh, identify uh, common areas or even common products that are getting complained about uh, or ratings and stuff like that. And so they can provide sort of the fraud detection, as you mentioned, which is so important to even what sounds like even the business model of what's going on here uh, at Stripe. And then also there's customer insights. on Yeah, the, that's uh, really good data platform. for people that are trying to use um, stuff exactly. to, to try and optimize their sites and yeah, exactly. get better. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, yeah. So in regards to partnerships, I think this is interesting. So this is uh, large, notable businesses that use Stripe. Just to, for those of you who still aren't aware of what Stripe is, just to give you a bit of an idea of what's behind a lot of these companies. Uh, Shopify is obviously the big one. We talked about that on episode uh, 17 if you want a more in-depth view on that. Uh, WooCommerce, uh, which is another alternative. Uh, in regards to the final financial ser services sector, um, they've established partnerships with Visa, MasterCard, and American Express. And, uh, and I'll talk a little bit about how that works from a business perspective in a second. Uh, software, uh, Salesforce, everyone knows Salesforce, uh, and Zendesk, which is uh, a little similar in the business uh, SaaS world. Uh, in regards to healthcare, companies called CVS and Walgreens, which are both American, mm. uh, but they're equivalent to a chemist warehouse or a Priceline pharmacy here in Australia. Yeah. All our American um, listeners will know the uh, they will. CVS and Walgreens. They will. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, whenever I see Wahlburgers, it reminds me of Walgreens. Uh, <laughs> I literally just did it. Wahlburgers. <laughs> Do you know Wahlburgers? Yeah, like Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, his burger shop. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, that's so funny. Um, Classic. Nonprofits, uh, American, uh, even like uh, America's Red Cross, uh, Oxfam, and education uh, providers, uh, Udemy, uh, the course provider, they, they use it as well. So some big heavy hitters in the world of uh, electronic payments. So in regards to their business model, I'll talk a bit more about their fees uh, here. So um, the services, as I said, are basically payment processing, fraud detection, and a few other business management tools on their dashboard, et cetera. Um, and so the fee structure is a combination, as with a lot of products in this nature, a combination of a variable rate, which is based on the percentage of the transaction, and then a fixed uh, amount uh, just to capture some of those maybe potentially really small transactions. Um, and so uh, that's per transaction. And it is worth mentioning that there would be certain players who would have negotiated custom rates um, and business plans with Stripe, although a lot of smaller players um, will just be, they will have a fixed rate. And it, it, the, I can't tell you a specific percentage for two reasons. One, because it it's changes depending on where the transaction originates from and in what currency the transaction uh, is, is done in. Uh, and so additional fees that could be incurred or could be a source of revenue potentially uh, for international payments, uh, interchange uh, of, of currency, uh, refunds, There's a, if customers are processing refunds, that's also another source of uh, revenue. And oh, the other one here that I that I wrote down is uh, interchanging fees, which is they basically just pass on. So obviously, card issuers like, as I said, like Visa and Mastercard, they have a, a fee per transaction as well. Um, and so uh, they simply they would be charging Stripe in this situation, and so Stripe passes that on directly to the business on a separate line item. So that's not necessarily an expense that they just 
uh, incur, which is uh, interesting to know. As I said, they're not publicly listed, so there's limited financial information online. Although allegedly, according to a couple of sources, uh, they have been profitable since uh, 2018. Uh, and so that's really when things really started to kick off. As I said, they uh, they were founded in 2010. So there was a, a quite a period of building in that period. Mm, and that's why they've got such a crazy high valuation as well. Correct. Yeah. Uh, it's exactly right. It's a, it, you know, it's a bit of a money printer. So a couple of competitors. You mentioned one. PayPal uh, would certainly be considered a, a, com- a competitor, maybe less and less the, the more time goes on. Uh, and so uh, another one is a Square, which we met, we mentioned Square in episode seven. You can go back and have a look at that if you're more interested. What they do, Square. You've done your research on uh, on this one. <laughs> Are you surprised? No, I am. I mean, yeah. no, I'm not. <laughs> Tell me what you really think. No, no, no. I mean, this, this is great. Yep. <laughs> you never do this much research. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Square, um, as I mentioned, episode seven, uh, they provide a more broad array of uh, business management and financial products and uh, and the final competitor is is WePay uh, which is which is a real thing and so <laughs> <laughs> that's very it's a real thing all right <laughs> um, and so yeah that's that, that's my overview of stripe I think it's a really interesting company it's something that we should touch on again if and when they go public and we can get dive into their financials a little bit further. Um, because, uh, they could be a really interesting company to actually own. Um, because yeah, I think a lot of people, as you said, see it as a, a sort of a pretty good investment. It's a bit of a money printing machine. Uh, it's sort of the best in the business. Mm. There doesn't seem to be anyone who's really competing strongly with them. So yeah, I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on Trump? Yeah. So I remember in, um, 2021, uh, there were people who were talking about, uh, a public valuation of $90 billion, which is Crazy. insane because it was one of the highest IPOs ever or yep. if not the highest IPO ever. Yep. Um, and so it was, yeah, a gigantic listing. Yep. And um, and so all these people were still trying to, um, like all these people that are working there are still holding on as well because yeah, a good point. they don't want to leave before they've IPO'd. No. And obviously the market went a bit south after 2021. Yes. And so then they're not going to IPO yet. So all these people are still, you know, yep. holding onto their shares and whatever. Yes. And I'm sure plenty of them still want to be there. Um, yep. You know, it's not it's not like it's a a, uh, a dead startup. I think no. they all pretty much would believe in the in the valuation. It's just that yep. now the valuation wouldn't be able to they wouldn't be able to fetch that no. um, in the current market. So they're obviously Correct. waiting until until we have a proper. Um, you know, another bull market. It's so, true. Yeah, just, very cool company. Very cool company. I love it. A uh, couple of couple of brothers. So there you go. Yeah, a couple of brothers from an island. That's great. Love it. I'm going to be talking about the future of agriculture, something that takes up one percent of the land, zero soil, no pesticides, and way less water. So this is um this is a bit of a unique one uh, for what we normally talk about. Could I ask? Could I say one thing about agriculture? Okay. Is that okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go for it. Okay, okay. I was talking to someone the other day, and he works at an agricultural startup. Okay. And so what they do is they place, well, they they do they do testing, uh, in and around farms to test the air quality and to test, uh, whether there is uh, pollutants or sprays and stuff in the air. From other from other farming around it and stuff like that. Yeah. And so I said, "Ah, oh, that's interesting. So you've just got like these units on poles, and they obviously suck in air, and you sort of there's a filter in there, and that filter just checks the particles and whatever. And there's there's some AI in there where the person who's working at this startup is identifying pollutants and things that shouldn't be in the air, and it's teaching uh, the machine how to do that itself, right? Just by yeah, sort that's of, cool. Yeah, you know, it sounds really cool. 
And he goes, yeah, that's actually, that, he goes, yeah, that's that's how, how it works. But he's like, you're the first person who's ever thought that that's like on the ground. He's like, any other person I've ever asked thinks that they're drones in the air. And I was oh. like, why would you have drones flying around in the air? He's like, everyone literally thinks it's that. I'm like, well, that doesn't make any sense. And so there you go. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, they're just right. stuck on poles. Yeah, anyway. Well, the actual topic that I'm talking about is <laughs> vertical farming. So this, <laughs> okay. is, um, this is why it's the future. So okay, vertical okay, farming. Okay, okay. So... Why is it necessary to have a vertical farm in the first place is what you might be thinking. I was thinking that, yeah. Okay, so of the Earth's surface, 29% is land, 71% is ocean, right? Okay, so pay attention to these numbers. It's going to be, it's going to get better, right? So of this, of this land, (laughs) this 29% land, (laughs) 71% is habitable. Um, Okay. And of this habitable land, 46% is used for agriculture. Um, Okay. And so this 46% or... (laughs) 48 million kilometers squared okay. uh, has 23% of the land used for crops um, and the rest is um, is animal agriculture. Ah. Um, and so that's actually a huge so amount of should, environment. So we should stop eating meat. Well, I'm, I'm more focusing on the 23% in this section, <laughs> okay. um, the crops, but uh, you can if you want. That's up to you. Controversial. Make, your own, make your own decisions. Um, <laughs> and so anyway, this, um, this huge amount of land is used for crops, right? Okay. And so, uh, it's actually a huge amount of environment that has to be destroyed in order to support that agriculture. That's very true. Um, because in order to so have So we should crops, stop eating plants. Well, we should start more eating vertical farmed we plants. We should just eat meat. Um, beef. because... Isn't it beef? Yeah, well, beef, yeah, I mean, I guess, yeah. <laughs> John Peterson eats that, doesn't he? Meat only. Yeah, you could go for a carnivore diet. That's actually really interesting. Um... <laughs> I've heard a lot of comments on that. It's um, it switches back and forth from being good and bad for you. So okay. who knows? Try it out for As yourself. Does literally everything in health and it's nutrition. True. It's true. Yeah. yeah. Um. So anyway, if you want to have crops, you have to kill fully everything on that area of yeah. the farm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Every animal and every insect. Yep. Um. Basically, has to be gone. Yep. Uh, and all those all those stats um, are sourced from the UN Food and Agriculture Organization. Ooh, so very reputable. Vertical farming. Uh. One of the some of the main advantages, right? Yep. Um, so it uses 1% of the land footprint. Uh, usually the farm is able to be placed in a building that's the same size as a Costco. So if you think about that, um, you think about a full farm basically folding up into uh, something that's that okay. small, right? Okay, yeah. So 700 acres can condense into a single warehouse is, um, is wow, what like that means. Wow, like a big farm or a big Costco. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, right. So if you think about okay. something like that. Yep. So five for context, that's 529 football fields or 2.8 square kilometers. Um, what? Just can, stacked um, on top of each other. That can fit. No, well, that's that's the size of a farm that can be fit yeah. into into a, um, okay. a warehouse, okay. right? All right. Um, and so, but it's not, well, it's, it's less than stacked. It's, it's less um, than stacked. So it's a, it's a different format. Okay. So um, I've seen two different formats. One of them, they had trays. Okay. And so the trays were actually raised up um, vertically like that. Uh, but some of them are individual floors of yep. a warehouse, basically. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Each floor um, contains plants that were literally grown vertically. So what do you mean basically, grown vertically? So basically you have a wall. And plants are growing sideways. Oh. And basically, is that how what it you works, mean by vertical farming? Yeah. So basically, oh. there's a whole wall of plants and then a whole wall of LEDs. The heck? Um, and then on the other side of those LEDs, it's facing the other way and facing another wall of plant. Basically, like all greenery. It would be limited um, on the type of crop you could grow, though. Like if well, you're growing tomatoes, they're all just going to fall off. 
Well, there's actually there's um, they were growing strawberries there, and uh, they were growing a lot of greens, a lot of kale, a lot of yes, um, I can a lot that. of spinach and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I don't think it's entirely limited wow. in that sense. I mean, I'm, it's smart people um, work on this stuff. Wow. Yeah, it's really cool. Okay, so great. basically, in the process of farming, 99% of the water is actually um, is kind of lost when you're um, yep when you're oh, sorry 99% of the water that's used in this process. Yes. Um, can be recycled, sorry. Yes. Um, heaps, but a lot of the water is lost in farming, basically. And so all that recycled water can recirculate and rewater the crops again. Um, so that's one of the huge advantages. Yep. Um, another another um, issue is that the growth cycle can be controlled better because it's not in outdoor conditions. Yep, definitely. Um, so the cycle of um, crops in this case came down to about 10 days, Yep. Um, which means that a vertical farm can yield 700% more than a traditional farm wow. um, for the same area. Wow. Um, so in that 1% of space, it can um, it can yield 700% more. Wow. Um, because they can grow so many things yep. um, right next to each other. And a lot of these farms are using robotics and automation to... Yeah move trays around, move plants around, move LED lights. Do you know lights. in which countries this is happening? Uh, so it's mostly in the US at the moment. Okay, yeah. um, so I'll run through a few examples later on. Great. Um, we'll, we'll put a footnote there. Perfect. Uh, so only some of the Earth's surface um, obviously can be used for farmland. So mm. in using um, these, basically you could grow plants. I'm thinking of areas like Sweden and like yep. Norway and stuff like that. Yeah. But also areas like um say Arizona, for example, where it's like heaps deserty and yep. heaps, you know, there's there's not much area where you can actually grow stuff. You yes. could have a town there and for example, you could have a vertical farm which um meets some of the needs or all of the needs of that town. The local area, yep. Um so that's just kind of a future thought. Um Love obviously it. they're Amazing. they're not at that level yet. Yep. Um that's good, actually. And if it's like a big warehouse, you could put uh, solar panels all on the top because it's so hot there, right? Well, exactly. Yeah, yeah, And then yeah. that provides all of your energy. Mate, this is fantastic. Yeah, so um, vertical also allows air to flow more easily, light can be spread easier, and crops can be watered easier. Yeah. So you can circulate. A lot of these have really cool water circulation systems yeah. where um, where the water's flowing around and there's pumps and, and different things that are kind of sorting. Yep. Also, harvesting can happen 365 days a year. Yep. Uh, so obviously there's huge limitations on actual farming with winter and um, everything like that. So yeah. um, I suppose you'd need some purpose-built uh, machines oh, to absolutely. harvest this stuff. But oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of purpose-built um, pieces of it. Yep. So there's no bugs or insects or birds or animals. So yep. birds won't be, um, you know, in there eating, eating, the, eating yeah. stuff. No, totally. Animals won't be eating stuff yep. or dumping on all, o- all over your um, plants yep. and stuff like that like they do. <laughs> Um, there's no bugs or insects spreading diseases basically. Yeah. Um, and so obviously that's like a, a really good, that was a thing. What was? We had to kill all the bees. All the bees. Yeah, Did that's right. That? Yeah. 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 So tomatoes in the U S currently are grown more for durability <laughs> than flavor. So there's a fun fact. What for do you mean you. they're grown more for durability? So what that means is they're built so that they can, um, sit on a truck or a train for three to four days and then warehousing and shelving for one to two days. Um, and so one of the major advantages is building a, um, a vertical farm right in the middle of a city huh. uh, so that you could grow tomatoes that are, can just go to sitting on a shelf for two, one to two days instead of Oh, you're saying we to, could grow nicer tomatoes? Yeah, so basically... Well, which are optimized for taste, not... Yeah, so these, in the US particularly, okay. um, a lot of things are grown so that they've like yeah. chosen the genetics so that they yeah, can that makes um, sense. they're a bit tougher totally. and they're a bit yeah totally makes sense a bit more preserved ah but we don't have to optimize for that anymore mm, we exactly. can optimize for flavor exactly and oh, so I like that. Okay. there's less of I that I love tomatoes too. also no um so also 
heaps. I don't know if I mentioned it. There's no um, pesticides needed for oh, keeping that's off, a the, good point. off the bugs and everything like that. Um, so that's uh, one well, of the advantages. Yeah, I mean, you'd have to do something. Well, apparently not. Um, oh, so these don't. Not. E- well, these don't even need to be washed. Is what the. Um, the but you still get bugs still exist inside. Well, not in not in these facilities. They're like labs. So oh, if you okay. ever see them, okay. they have like sealed doors. Yeah, um, okay. And people put on hazmat suits. Oh. And, um, and work on them. Wow, it's a serious business. And they're full of yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Yeah, so right. just to give you an idea of how serious it is, okay. I'm uh, moving on to the cost to set one of these up. <laughs> so the functioning vertical farm I watched a video of in San Francisco yep. um, was a hundred million dollars to set up. Wow. So it's under a brand called Plenty. Um, cool. But the price is currently rapidly declining um, to set one of these up yeah. just because of the technology, because yep. more and more people are reaching economies of scale. Yep. There's multiple companies that are bidding for the same technology. Yep. So those technology companies make more robotics and uh-huh. things like that. So a lot of it is robotics and production line robotics. Yep. Um, and then there's a few people walking around doing some some of the certain tasks. Yes. And um, so Plenty is the name of that brand. Plenty. And... Um, it's upscale on the shelves at the moment, a um, bit of a premium price, ah. but they're leaning into a um, higher quality as well. I bet it's well. at Whole Foods. Yeah, it, it definitely would be. Mm. Um, yeah, so it's a bit of a bit more of a pesticide-free product. Yeah. Um, and they're also currently building a second location in Compton, which is a highly um, populated area. Oh. Um, so oh. that one... Is Compton I, like New York? Compton's in LA. It's, oh. like the, um, it's like the hood. It is the um, hood. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. Um, and so, Compton. yeah, they're currently... Yeah currently building one which will provide 200 yeah, jobs um 200 jobs and to, to build it or that's the sort of maintenance and running that's the, on it? that's the running the running um, on it. oh once yeah it's, great, once great. it's up and running okay um and so that'll be their second location they're they've got a 250 million dollars worth of um vc funding ah so this is now um, turning to a company focus this is interesting so yeah plenty. okay interesting. exactly and so this is where the next one steps in okay. um a farm called bowery now when i saw this it seemed like a smaller scale operation, mm-hmm. but um, I actually looked it up and the video was older. The, um, yep. the articles and stuff were a bit older okay. that, I was, um, that I was kind of initially looking at. Yep. And so they initially set up a New Jersey facility with yep. um, $30 million in funding. And that was set up in basically an industrial estate. Yep. Um, and so in 2021, it looks like they've raised a Series C of $325 million. Oh, that's significant. Um, Starting with 30. Okay. And th- so that was 2021. Okay. Um, 2022, they've secured a new lending facility of $150 million. Okay, all right. Um, so its total equ- de- debt and equity balance is currently at $647 million, Wow. Um, which is pretty wild for just this kind of idea that most people haven't really thought of. You know, totally. like they haven't really no. figured out um, yep. that vertical farms exist or yep. what they are or why it's better. Yep. And so, um, are you aware of properties that they also own? Like, are they functioning or are they, what are they, what yeah, is Yeah, so they've Barry got, um, it looks like they've got three to four facilities at the okay, moment. Okay. Um, and, but they're distributed to 800 stores. Um, oh, there at you the go. Moment, so that's pretty cool. Um, and they are in the process of setting up two new ones at the moment. So okay. I think that's what the funding Love it. would be going towards. And then the, um, the debt as well would be going towards, which is cool. Yes. Um, so onto a bit more of the way that they operate. So the LED lighting, um, they use LED lights instead of sunlight to keep the plants growing. Yep. Um, and this means that there's a lot of power that's um, required. Can you do to, that twenty four seven? The plants need sleep. No, you can do it twenty four seven. Okay, so, great. so they might like hypothetically they'd grow almost twice as fast. Yeah, yeah, right. pretty much. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't think of that, but um, but yeah, I believe they do. I mean, I don't know, but that's just an stuff. assumption. Yeah. Um, yeah, I believe they, they keep it running yeah, cool. and okay. automated. Um, <laughs> such a funny question. Answer below, um, do plants need sleep? 
that's, um, that's, re- that's actually really good. I've never thought of that. Well, with some flowers, um, they go to sleep and then they come back out every day. Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, so I don't I, know. I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm not an expert, but... Um, Clearly. <laughs> that'd be pretty funny. So this is really cool. So the flavors of certain plants can actually be modified to meet certain taste profiles. <laughs> yeah. Um, so modifying the output of the LED lights... Um, the company, for example, has um, oh. can add more blue light um, no. to generate a more crisp flavor. Really? Um, and so they've been doing this and selling I that particular product. That. The particular product can go that goes to okay. a restaurant in um, in San Francisco, I think. Oh, they like the blue um, light. They yeah, like they the said they like stuff. the crisp flavor. Um, so one of the employees was saying how they take it home. They make um, the kale into a pesto and then they put it on their pesto pasta. Wow. People come around and try it and it's apparently, you know, amazing. Um, <laughs> okay. I mean, of course, they got this information. They got to so talk random. about their. They got to talk about their own product. <laughs> I mean, they got to say it's amazing. They work there, That's but true. um, but I'm sure it is good. Okay. Um, it sounds like it'll be a really interesting experience to try it. Like I'd love to try it now. Um, to try now the that crispy well, something food. That's, something that's from a vertical farm yeah, no, I you know, know. Yeah, if yeah. you could do a taste test and you could have like that'd be great your farm grown spinach yeah. and your you know yeah vertical farm spinach that'd be really cool yeah it looks like it's yeah obviously it's primarily um greens at the moment yep. but they're um they're working on new products so basically they um they spend a lot of time lab testing and and whatever to yes. see what they can grow yeah. and see how they can grow it better and yeah see how it's safe and all that stuff yeah um so yeah, obviously the energy use we were talking about that. Um, so you could have you could build one with. So you need to be close to a source of water. And you need to be close to a source of power. Yes. Now I don't know exactly how much, but I would assume it's like a huge amount to run something like this. Well, you know, some of these LED fixtures are pretty efficient nowadays. Yeah, I mean the LED would be one of the reasons that the cost would have come down over time yeah. as well, just yeah. because traditional lighting and whatever. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, using one hundred percent more, you know, yeah. light or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I was just going to ask one question on that, uh, which is that, like, how much, or how much of the plant's nutrients come from the sun, and that's a question that we maybe don't know the answer to. And so, like, is it reducing the the I don't know the health benefits of this food by giving it this synthetic lighting? Ah, uh, so you would think so, but um, I think that the benefit of the so it's all it's all about energy use, right? Yeah, okay. And so um, the LED. Uh, basically, the LED system, the closer that you are to the source of power, um, yeah. the closer that that energy is transferred from that source oh. of power to um, the LED. Yeah, yeah. So, basically, you're losing some there, right? Yep. And then the um, the plant absorbs a certain amount of energy yep. from the LEDs, right? Yeah. And so, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And so, then um, you want to make minimal loss to the lighting yep. and you want to make minimum loss... Um, from the power source, yeah, right? Yeah. And so if you can work out those two efficiencies, mm-hmm. uh, you'll basically have a more efficient system yeah. and you'll have a more efficient farm. So yeah. it, I think it blasts it with as much light because I think that yeah, the yeah. only benefit that the sun is giving is that light. Okay. Um, so yeah, cool. I'm pretty sure it's the light bouncing off the um, Love it. off the Again, plant. Again, clarify in the comments if anyone's got any other opinions. Yeah, exactly. So the basically, I'll, I'll say it more factually. The <laughs> LED provides the light to the plant, which is all that the plant needs, um, other than water. So, <laughs> <laughs> so there we go. Love it. Um, yeah. So you can basically optimize that to get the best yields. And so a lot of these places are actually yeah. they're all like white painted um, warehouses. So like everything's white in ah. the uh, warehouse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think a lot of that is about reflection. Yeah. Um, about reflection. Reflecting all the different light onto those yes. um, 
onto those pieces. A lot Reflecting of it, as opposed to absorbing. Yeah, exactly. And if, yep. it's really interesting because um, the like, so they'll have huge walls of LED lights, right? Yeah. And so when you're looking at the plants, when you're looking at a normal plant, you'll see heaps of shadows. There's um, there's one source of light, like it's coming from one direction. Yeah. Um, which I think is this is part of the reason they get 700% increases in crop yields. Yeah. Um, it'll be the overnight thing. Yep. And it'll also be because um, there's no shadows on these plants when you're ah, looking at them. Ah, it's a good point. And so every leaf is absorbing as much as any other leaf. The maximum yeah, amount. That's yeah. really cool. And yeah. so they'll have a full wall of plant and that's they'll good. have a full wall of that. And there's yep. all of these plants are really well lit. And I was thinking yep. about that and I was like, oh, yeah, there's no there's no shadows there. No, so. like in this situation where we are right now, like the one side of a plant is only going to get sunlight for half of the day. Exactly. And the other side is not going to see sun at that point. So yeah, it's a really good yeah. point. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Exactly, yeah. So what would you need to start your own vertical farm? Apparently $100 million. $100 million or $30 million. Um, so a lot of these are um, close to a power supply, close to a water supply. That yeah. makes it very efficient. Or the solar panels, I think, was a good idea. The solar panels is a great idea. Yeah. Um, I would imagine a huge proportion of the cost goes towards um, power and water. Yeah, um, I'd say so. And a lot of these farms are making use of a lot of um, venture capital money. Yeah. So it seems that the minimum setup would be that yeah that $30 million. Um, and then most of them seem to cost around $100 million. Yeah. It's, 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 I mean, it's all relevant. It's all relative to scale. Exactly. You know, if, you, if you're going to have three plants, it's going to cost you $5. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and no robots. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> if you want to get a robot and uh, three plants, though, it's going to cost you $10 million. <laughs> um, so basically what a lot of people will be wanting to know is can you invest in this idea? Good question. So what are, from what I've seen, there aren't that many companies that are actually doing it yet. Yes. Um, and all of them seem to be venture funded. So unless you can get mm. invest into a VC funded business or you're an angel investor with the right network, yep. um, then Bum to the all. best of my knowledge, it looks like you can't invest yet. Um, however, I think there'll be a huge investment opportunity in the future because yep. um, if you looked at one of these um, companies, which was called Bowery. Bowery, um, yeah. So if you look at that company, they have a total of $650 million, $647 million. Yes, that's right. Um, in total, you know, balance sheet. Yep. And so with that, there'll be a lot of investors that are looking to exit at some point. Yep. So, you know, whether they list, um, you know, in, in two years or, or five years or 10 years or whatever, it'll be an investment opportunity yep. where you can jump in on that. And I think there'll be many copies behind that once people realize you can publicly list an idea like this. Yep. Um, and I think more and more will start up as they've also seen this happening. So it's yep. a really cool industry. I like it. Um, I give the idea a uh, an 8 out of 10. Okay, that's, um, that's a good rating. So the advantages are that it's potentially cheaper to run in the future um, if you consider that they're using the land much more efficiently yeah. um, and producing way way more output for less land as yes. well as um, less destruction to the environment. Yes. Um, and it could be uh, a lot more efficient um, if it's placed in the right area yep. where people are obviously um, they can afford to pay the premium as well as um, it might actually work out to be cheaper. For example, the mountains in Switzerland yeah. um, where people like better food and they also have to transport their food to yeah. those mountains, right? Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's um, it also will get cheaper um, if you consider that technology and robotics uh, will actually come down in cost. Yeah. Um, the disadvantages are that they're disrupting a massive industry um, and it's currently hugely expensive to set up. So Arguably the first ever industry, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like farming, agriculture, like... For sure. It's where it all started. I guess so. 
Um, yeah, so that's uh, that's, that's that good. segment. So there. I guess it, so. What you're saying is, it's basically uh, the things that I took away from that is you're removing the uh, inefficiencies of day and night. Yep. And yep. you're smoothing out the whole issue of seasons, uh, which is cool for the consumer. Like you know, different seasons, you go to the shops and you can only buy certain things at different times. Yeah. Or like at one point, grapes are twenty dollars a kilo because it's the wrong season. You know. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then the transport cost is such a good good point as well. Like. Uh, up until this point, we've always had to manufacture or grow this stuff out in the middle of nowhere, transport it. It's bad for the environment. Oh, the Tesla trucks are coming one day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, like just having the food near the people who are eating it is such a simple concept. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. And so I love it. It's great. It's a little bit off, uh, you know, a little bit left of center of to what I would expect. Oh, but, yeah, exactly. Uh, for, from a segment. But I think it's great. Exactly. Now that yeah. you weaved in uh, Bowery and Plenty in there, a couple of companies that people can look up, it's good. Exactly. Yep. So I've got this segment from a guy named um, Quiver Quant on YouTube. Quiver um, Quant? Quiver Quant. So okay. Quiver Quantitative. So a Quant is, quantitative. Um, is someone who does more of the um, stock analysis. Good on, with those numbers. Yeah, good with those numbers for sure. So this is going to be um, pretty finance heavy. Do you remember a while ago when we talked about Nancy Pelosi and her husband consistently yes. outperforming the stock market? Yes, so that was pretty funny. So the main reason is that in Congress, they're fully allowed to buy and sell stocks and only have to declare these trades within 45 days of making the trade. Goodness. Um, that's less control than I have when buying a US stock, which is uh, which is really funny. So for my own job, I have yes. to declare it in advance and then get permission. That's so, right. um, so if that sounds bad, it gets worse. Um, they can <laughs> buy and sell stocks that they're on the committee for overseeing. Um, so whether they're about to give a huge government contract to a company, or whether they're about to bring um, the business's CEO in front of uh, Congress for an antitrust lawsuit, um, they can buy and sell the stock. Um, so a couple of things. First of all, QuiverQuant has its own website, which is really cool. So this is a, this is a cool site that I've um, that I've found. It's on so the screen right now. If you're planning to do any trading at all, uh, it's not a bad one to check out. Okay. It's um it's pretty cool. So basically, this guy tra tracks the trades of. You can look at different kind of segments and categories, yeah. right? Yeah. So he tracks the trades of corporate insiders, Wall Street bets, corporate Twitter. Oh. Um, Jim Cramer, the mad money guy from CNBC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Wikipedia page views, cryptos, specs, um, Amazon pricing of the product. Oh. Um, and hedge funds and institutional traders. Yeah. And of course, Congress members. Um, so there's a couple of really interesting trades as well that you can um, and tra uh, trackers, sorry, that you can look at. And he's tracking these people's trades or their sentiment and their comments. And he's tracking the specific trades and putting them into a portfolio, uh, and then showing you the returns on that portfolio. How can you say that he's tracking Wall Street bets trades? Well, because he'll find so basically all of these trades uh, that are listed on Reddit, right? Yeah. Um, People will list them and people will upvote them. Okay. And he's putting together a portfolio of the trades that, that are, are the most upvoted. That are the most up. They must okay. meet some certain criteria. Okay. And then that's the Wall Street Bets right. portfolio. Right, right, right. Um, which I think was up seven percent in the last week, which is um, okay. which is really interesting. So right. it's wow, the, it's the um, this is cool. Yeah, so it's it's really sick. Okay. So he'll um. Obviously, for the Kramer one, he just buys the opposite of what he says. Right? Yeah. So inverse Kramer. That's yeah, yeah, the interesting yeah. thing. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm glad you caught on to that one. Yeah. Um. So if, for those of you who don't know, Jim Kramer is this crazy uh, mad money guy that makes a lot of noise and um, yeah. he's got a lot of buttons, um, got a lot of, what are they called? Yeah, Freaking yeah, yeah. Buzzer things. Yeah, buzzer things and um, yeah, yeah, yeah. soundboards. So soundboards. he's got really cool trackers. Um, so he'll show, um, he can see port, port congestion for different ports, um, <laughs> corporate flights and campaign donations. Those are just a few yeah, of yeah. the trackers yep. that you can kind of look at. 
And so one thing I found was really interesting, you can look at Shanghai port versus LA port and you can see way more congestion in the LA port at the moment than yeah. Shanghai, yeah. Um, which is really cool. And a, a lot of that would be maybe some of the union action that's going on. Um, but uh, yeah, really interesting to look at and uh, see over the months where the graph has dipped in um, a number of days that the ship has been Did you have to there. subscribe to see all this? Uh, so you have to subscribe to see some of the stuff. Okay. Um, and it was still free but, to subscribe? Uh, it was free to so free to subscribe, sorry. Um, there's like free tiers and, and uh, paid tiers and stuff okay. like that. Okay. And so I did get caught up at one point, but um, it seemed it seemed pretty cool for the first couple of things. And then obviously if you like it, um, you're making money from it anyway if you're um, if you're gonna use it. So it might it would be a positive um, return no, totally, on investment, totally, I think. Totally. Yeah, it's one of those things. Um, yeah, exactly. And you're so, gonna spend money to make money, right? Exactly. And so they've got they've also got um, strategies, which is really cool. And so one of the strategies was government contract recipients. Um, so basically they'll buy when um, a new government contract is announced. And so that's grown 1,190% since March 2009, um, which These is are really only interesting. public companies. Yeah, they're public companies wow. that are government contract Recipient recipients, of government co contracts. Um, which is really cool. Wow. And so there's that strategy. There's the inverse Kramer strategy, um, which has gone up 50% since inception, um, which, is, which was really funny. Um, <laughs> that is funny. And so... Uh, as an example of one of the trades, um, so here's one from the 21st of January. So this is where the Biden administration committed $55 billion in investment into the African continent. Um, so this is really interesting. This has happened recently. Um, so in January, there were lawmakers that were buying up huge amounts of a company called AMT, which is American Tower Corp. Okay. Right. And so he's noticed this trend. Um, and so this company owns mobile phone towers across the globe and leases them to network providers. So one of the priorities that Biden was putting in was more internet access and network towers in Africa. Yep. So AMT already have 22,000 cell towers in Africa. And so there's a strong chance of winning the contract to build there. And totally. I think potentially a lot of the lawmakers know who's going to win the contract there, which is why they're buying the stock. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I thought that was a really interesting that is really cool. um, trade. And, um, and I thought it's really funny that a lot of the kind of lawmakers are literally allowed to just buy that, mm. um, which is it's crazy. But um, it is crazy. if you want to make money alongside them, um, it seems like an interesting trade. Um, so yeah. let's just say you don't want to remember to trade. Um, you no. aren't watching all of those You've trades. You've got other things to do. Yeah, you don't, you're not watching Congress all the time. No. And you don't really know what's going on all the time. No idea. Um, but you do still think that Congress, the moves that Congress makes, yep. um, they're going to outperform the Conceptually market. Conceptually makes a lot of sense. And um, they know the insider info. Yep. They generally outperform Wall Street just because they literally are working on the deals yep. that they're also doing. Yeah. Um, well, that'll soon be possible. So Subversive Capital, which is the name of the firm, filed an N1A form, which was established, which was to establish two ETFs that will allow you to trade um, Congress trades. And so what this is, there's one ETF that will follow how the Democrats trade and one ETF that will follow how the Republicans trade. Really? And so, yeah, it's really what funny. The heck? And so you'll be able to follow those Republic, uh, Republican members of Congress and Senate. Um, and so, obviously, just quick clarification, ETF, just bundle of stocks that represents what's actually happening within that particular, you know, portfolio of companies that you're talking about. Exactly. Yeah. yeah so wow. you'll be able to buy and the you can buy some units in those. Yeah, in that you'll be able to buy a unit. Um, yeah, yeah. So soon you'll be able to buy NANC, which is named after the Democrat Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, or <laughs> oh, KRUZ, which is named after Senator Ted Cruz. Really? Yeah. 
so that's bizarre yeah so the, that's the ticker of the yeah um, yeah yeah so they've named it are after. these listed on a particular exchange yeah so they will be listed probably the nyse or the nasdaq okay and then yeah okay, <laughs> okay fair enough the two that it can be uh, probably just on. one of the two yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well i saw an announcement from nasdaq about it so it could be on the nasdaq okay yeah but that's um that's that this website so it's called 2050 earth okay so i've stumbled upon this and uh it's a site where when you enter it you're on this rotating globe right so i'm gonna okay. need, gonna get you to do a bit of visualization ready um if you're a listener uh, i'm gonna get you to close your eyes um especially you're if driving. you're driving no no no, no yeah, um, <laughs> close your eyes and imagine this if you're driving um so you're on a rotating. Well, you should be watching this on youtube yeah watch it on youtube as well yeah um hit us up on all the channels or on spotify well. you can watch it on spotify now and so imagine you're on a rotating globe right okay all right and um and you can see all these cities to click on and um and so you click on a city and there's a 3d google street view uh which shows what the city will look like um throughout time so basically you can click through 2030 2040 and 2050 okay and 20, 30, mostly 40, you can see yeah. so um, future exactly yeah okay. and you can see predictions of how things will progress oh okay and that's so cool. yeah. what happens is this article um it's you know it's a, some of them are a little bit silly and some of them are super interesting um and so probably things that aren't that far off what could actually happen as well um so and and also they're great um opportunities for business ideas so if oh, you think okay. about yeah if you think about uh that thing about how prophecies become you know what you think about is what actually happens self-fulfilling so, prophecies self-fulfilling prophecies gotcha. and so if yeah. you actually think about that yeah um then you know you could actually make that and then that could actually be the future yes right? And so these people are writing all of these articles. Some of them are kind of cyberpunk style. Some of them are future-thinking mm -hmm. writers. Mm -hmm. um, and some of the ideas could definitely be used to form a startup. Um, so before I start the segment, I want to throw it back to 1967. So people predicted 1990 home, 1999 homes and futures. Oh. So one of the predictions was that each home would have <laughs> its own home computer to act as your secretary, librarian, banker, or medical technician, as well as your bridge partner. So that's keeping in mind that the first personal computer was actually invented in 1975. So they didn't actually have personal computers you could use in the home. Um, and so I thought they weren't actually too far off 1999, um, since many of the homes did start to get home computers around the time. Yeah. Um, you had Windows 98 out at the time. Uh, and if you take a step further, here we are in 2023, where we can do our organizing, reading, um, we can do our banking getting in touch with our doctor fairly easily it's true. and we can play games just like we thought it's not yeah so all of those roles are fulfilled um today uh with what they were kind of thinking with secretary librarian banker um all that kind of thing so future thinking right so basically as you click on each city um you can see some predictions so i'm going to go through some of these predictions so 2040 barcelona um low-cost accommodation in medic med mega cities um, will mean buildings up to 10 kilometers tall built in pyramids, which will act as miniature cities in, within themselves. Residential accommodation, businesses, shopping, social, cultural, and recreational areas will all be included in the same. So it's like mega a stationary building. cruise ship. Yeah, exactly like that. Wait, what year um, is this? And so that's that's the 2040 prediction. 2040. Right? Yeah, pretty pretty soon. So that's 17 years away. Well, yeah, but some of these predictions are from 10 years ago as well. Ah, and so some key. of them are like some of them have been collecting for a long time. Okay. 
Um, so I'm not exactly sure when that one was, okay. but um, but they could start construction on that. And if you look at that, <laughs> could, yeah. and you think about the the wall that um, they're building in Dubai, you know the huge um, wall city. They've started to. Uh, yeah, I don't know that too much, but yes, they've started to construct that. So that's I've kind of the of same thing as well. Yeah, so okay. by 2040, it's possible that that one will be. Yeah, um, I mean, there. yeah, sure. Maybe maybe I shouldn't have laughed. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, maybe you should have though. Some of the, some they do sound dumb. Like <laughs> all, all future predictions, I think. Sound, all future predictions are do also often sound quite funny. Often sound funny, yeah. Yeah. So, twenty fifty Barcelona is a world where um, personal data. This is just the air. I got fixated on this for okay. two of them, but okay. the other ones will be different, right? Okay. Um. So, twenty fifty Barcelona is a world where personal data leaks about banking credentials and passwords for online services won't matter because of bio data obtained from medical and police databases that are able to be used to counter forging um, of biometrics-based personal documents. So basically, um, you'll be able to verify and trust that something originally came from a person using the biometrics of that person, using that yeah, DNA evidence. You'd also um, think that by that point, there'd be some pretty serious biometric fraud as well. Yeah, you would think so. Yeah, yeah. To counteract that. But yeah, continue. And so obviously for verifying... I certainly agree that some, you know, eight-letter password is really not going to be relevant at that point. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you'll have a supercomputer that can crack it. So that's the issue. Yeah. Um, So yeah, it'll get to that point where people can forge these documents and use them for blackmail, um, releasing personal health information about people or ransoming information. Yep. Um, As well as this, insurance companies and other services will be able to refuse services to people based off their health data. Um, so oh, that's yeah, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's true. That's a little bit like Tesla's insurance that, uh, you know, changes your premium based on how you drive the car. Exactly. And it can yeah. track it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, that's a cool um, that's a cool link. So all this health data will be able to be captured by wearable gadgets like bracelets, yep. um, yes. glasses, which capture vitals, um, headphones that capture brain activity, smart uh-huh. speakers that are listening to things that they probably shouldn't. Um, a lot of that already exists today. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I wonder if this was. You make good points. I wonder if it was written before Alexa. Um, Twenty fifty Tokyo will show the first three-hour flight to New York um, with a jet that can hit extreme speeds. Wow. Um, as well as that, algae farmed from the ocean will be used as biofuel. That's the um, the thought there. Interesting. Um, so underwater farms, uh, which is an interesting thought. That could be for next week. Um, that could be for next week. Yeah. Since you love farming um, so much. Exactly. I'm going to do agri section every, um, every week. <laughs> agri segment. Agri corner. Yeah, agri corner, yeah. <laughs> um, 2050 Malaysia will show the first use of people switching perfectly healthy body parts for electronic pieces that improve vision, function, or uh, hearing. Um, cyborgs. Exactly. Um, block okay. your ears if you're extremely capitalist on this one. 2050 Istanbul will show the first use of a money moneyless society called uh, natural. natural which is an AI system similar to a search engine, which follows you around and will take, um, and as you as you freely take certain goods um, and services, yeah. you can later do something uh, for someone else too. And the system in between will work out the exchange of services and goods. Um, for example, you uh, give someone a bag of tomatoes yeah. and later you get free Spanish lessons from someone else. Um, so it's actually harking back to the original like trading of, of goods and items. Yeah, exactly. But um, it's actually, yeah. But it's sort of like a system which uh, can track. But um, it's got to value that in some, like, exactly. some currency. Oh, yeah. That's why I said don't listen to it if you're a capitalist. <laughs> um, 
hundred percent. I That's agree. got some flaws. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, but it's an interesting thought, isn't it? Um, <laughs> it's an interesting thought. Twenty forty Brussels in um, Belgium will have a mass chip implantation to stop illegal immigration and to control the population's crime rate in public areas. That's very dystopian. That one. Mass chip. What? Yeah. So like chip, like you know, chippies. Chippies. Yeah. 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 Like. Like injecting, injecting chippies. Right. Yeah. So you don't have to eat them. Um, <laughs> Bro, I love chips. So, yeah. Like lot- I need that in my body any easier. <laughs> yeah. You need an IV drip with uh, Smith's <laughs> chips loaded in the top. <laughs> Different types of chips. That'd be great. That's a good business idea right there. Um, I'm sure also, speaking of uh, one of the previous <laughs> Doesn't it seem weird calling them Smith's chips? Oh, yeah. It is weird. It is. Yeah. It's like my friend's last name's Carmen. They, he's always eating Carmen bars. Carmen bars, But yeah. he, he shows me he's not related. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, the idea before of um, chip implantation, like someone tried to, someone did that in uh, with their Opal card in Sydney. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, So they put put the chip in his arm or something. Yeah. So there's already people. People hate that stuff too. People are really against that stuff. Yeah. 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 Super against. Um, There's also the sharing of services and stuff like that. There's already systems out there. Like there's already. platforms uh which allow you to do things like this yeah um and so on the app you say i gave a free guitar lesson can i have a free spanish lesson you know so yeah there's already systems that are kind of like that yeah it's a it's a very socialist idea um it's not bad it's um yeah but i'm not sure how it would work in in practice it wouldn't so yeah a lot, of, a lot of the very, we know how you feel. Um, so a lot of very weird ideas in there. Some of them are, pr- are pretty cool. Um, there's also a lot more ideas on the site. I just scraped a few from there. Um, yeah. But it's pretty interesting to see the Google Street View with the artist's impression of what um, oh, really? that time yeah, that looked cool. like. Um, based so on different people articles. are writing these articles and they've chosen locations. Yes. And you use this map like graphic to find the articles. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. 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 And yeah, some cool. of them... I mean, some of them are just future thought articles that they've just put on a location. Yeah. Um, which and presumably the people who are writing this stuff are not necessarily like highly technical. They're probably more like novelists and writers, right? Yeah. Some of them, some of them are, yeah, definitely yeah. novelists and stuff. And yeah. some of them, are, yeah, definitely just have a, a great idea for yeah. a future. And um, yeah. yeah, so some of them, are, cool. some of them will definitely be dead wrong. Um, <laughs> and some of them will possibly be correct. Yeah, but maybe, yeah. Either way, I think there's a lot of cool ideas about what to work on. Yeah. Um, if you're kind of looking or if you just want to look at a few predictions of the future yeah and um have a laugh or have a have a think yeah it's and, good um, to have a little laugh sometimes it's good to have a it's we good, like a laugh it's good to laugh at other people's <laughs> ideas um or podcasts yeah, so, a laugh then yeah very good there you go you just had one yeah great another one <laughs> oh. another laugh have you seen have you heard the carl barron bit where he does that where he goes you you guys i can make you all laugh by saying random numbers or something and then yeah. he'll say like 49 and then everyone laughs and then he goes 51 and then everyone laughs and he goes 64 and everyone laughs it's very funny <laughs> i gotta like it rate that rate rate the usefulness of that website out of 10 oh usefulness i would say it's a 6.5 and I interestingness interestingness i would say a 7.3 okay um i Still reckon pretty it's pretty low on the interestingness well interesting 7.3 is pretty high okay. um you, you know. had something in eight before that was pretty high yeah but that was really interesting. Uh, it was very. That's true. <laughs> that's that's, that's true. Was, that was very interesting. I think it was more interesting because you true. could see practical examples of people doing it. Correct. Also, I like. All right, here at HQLA, we're providing the water cooler chats. So true. When you or the dinner party chats, you know. So yeah. When you're thinking about vertical farming, you'd be like, oh, I actually know about that company plenty, and yeah. um, it's actually really cool that they can use less land. So you know, correct. If you think about it in those terms, 
um, saying like, oh, I think people will exchange services for free yeah. to someone. Yeah. It might not be quite as, it's not quite as interesting. Correct. But it is a, it is a cool thought, I guess. Correct. So yeah. So I'd say, um, yeah. I, what did I say before? 6.5 and 7.3. So yeah. average score of uh, 6.8. Okay. How about that? You can find more HQLA on TikTok, <laughs> hqla.com.au, yep. uh, Instagram, Twitter. Yep. Uh, where else are we, Nathan? YouTube, especially. We um, we post the full videos on YouTube. Yep. Uh, we got the video on Spotify now, which is really cool. We do. Uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. I believe there is some people who do listen to it. What about Amazon? Are we on Amazon? I don't know. Alexa podcast. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it's called. It certainly Amazon had Play, none of my Google attention. Play. Google. Yeah, this, we're on whatever the Google one is. Yeah. We're definitely on Apple. We're definitely on Spotify. Yeah. It's up in the air as to what even the Amazon one is and whether we're on it. Yeah. We, we yeah. might be. We might be. Yeah. Um, we, it's certainly possible. That's cool. Yeah. I would like to make anyway. mention that we've certainly seen an uptick actually. So we've obviously been off the, off the, uh, off the tools for a bit, as you might say. And, uh, but we're well and truly back. 2023, let's go. We are shovel in hand. Shovel in hand. And uh, I would say that whilst we've been off the tools, we've seen quite a major uptick. I would say in the realm of 100% uptick in the last four episodes on our uh, platforms for podcasts. So uh, that's a, just a little uh, highlight for me. And what are the goals um, for the end of the year? A thousand percent growth from Jan to December 2023. A thousand percent? That's what you said. You said you're going to 10x it. We're going to 10x it. That's a hundred percent. No, that's a thousand percent. <laughs> oh, no, that is a thousand percent. Yeah, that's true. To, just... get, to get more technical, um, it's 900 percent, I think, is the um, a, a 10x um, increase. Okay, we might leave that there. Yeah, a hundred percent is hundred percent. Sorry, yeah, hundred percent is double. Yeah, yeah, two hundred percent is triple. Yeah, so a nine hundred percent is ten x. Right? Whoa. Yeah, so we're gonna have a nine hundred percent increase. If you no, didn't that know, can't be right. What do you mean? Nine hundred percent has to be nine x. It's not. A hundred percent is two x. Right. If you grow by a hundred percent, you double. That's two uh, x. yeah. Yeah. If you grow by a hundred percent, that's two x. That's true. Yeah. If you are at 100% of what you were, that's 1x. That's right. If you're at 200% but, of what you were, that's 2x. Yeah, but, 100, but 900% when you're talking, growth, we're talking about growth is 10x. Versus, yeah. yeah. So when you say growth by a certain percentage. We will be at 1,000% of where we were yes. at the start of the year. That's right. I'll agree with that. Yeah. Done. Perfect. Nailed it. And here from HQLA, uh, if you like the future, if you like central banking yep um if you like thinking about what might come or even having uh some interesting conversations with some of the people in your life <laughs> keep listening to hqla this has been episode 28 i'm here with my co-host nathan notley yes i'm isaac smith yeah he follow is. us at twitter below Please. Um, thank you thanks very much and goodbye bye